At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text MEMBERSHIP to 33444. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have educator and author Cami McBride to talk about culinary herbs and their health effect. Cammie has spent the past 25 years helping people grow and use herbs so they can be more self-reliant in their health care needs. She is the author of The Herbal Kitchen and creator of Herbal Kitchen Remedy Solutions, an online course that demystifies the world of herbal medicine and empowers people to use their garden for herbal self-care in the home to prevent illness and take care of common ailments. Cammie has developed and taught herbal curriculum for the Complementary and Alternative Medicine Department at University of California, San Francisco School of Nursing, as well as at the Integrative Health Master's Degree Program at California Institute of Integral Studies. She has helped thousands of families to use herbs and natural remedies for their self-care to avoid the damaging effects of medications when not needed. She is dedicated to inspiring the home wellness revolution where the use of home herbal remedies is a normal part of our cultural heritage. Welcome to the show today, Cammie. Hey, Greg. I'm, it's really good to be here with you. And I'm so happy to talk about herbs today. How cool is this? So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? You know, it, it's so interesting. I I was I was raised in this really in this household where we ate 
pop tarts and TV dinners oh and and crispy, you know, rice krispies and and yeah, and also my dad had this amazing garden, summer garden in the backyard. Uh-huh. So we also ate all these amazing vegetables every summer. And he was also a fisherman. And so I grew up on this incredible wild food, incredible garden food and really bad food. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so making sense of that, it's, it's took me a while, but I remember being in my early twenties and, and then seeing little little specks of the, of the good food in different places. Like we would go somewhere and I'd be Oh, that's really good right there. I remember going to this organic apple farm and uh-huh. just saying, why don't any of the apples taste like that in the store? <laughs> <laughs> like, why why have I never tasted an apple like this before? Yeah. So then I found these trails, these breadcrumbs out of my household. But I had a context, um, you know, from my father's garden. And, what, and whenever I would find one of those breadcrumbs, uh-huh. I'm telling you, my heart would like pop out of my chest. Wow. And it was like this guidance. I had this guidance, this internal guidance system. It's like, I want that. I want that. I want oh, that. Oh, yeah. And when I landed... Um, at one point I landed at the California School of Herbal Studies by just happen chance. And when I saw that herb garden and everybody cooking with the herbs, that mm. was it. I I was going to college at the time. My parents were like, you are getting your college education. I graduated from college and that was it. I went to herb school. <laughs> I, I didn't nice. look back. And yeah. my parents were like, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't care. My, it, the heart, it was so, the pull was so strong that, you know, people are like, wow, you had a lot of, you know, because that was 30, uh, how many years ago? Yeah, about 30 years ago. I mean, uh-huh. whole food, herbs, none of it was on the radar. It was very fringe. It was very weird. Yep. And it wasn't like things are now. And people are like, how did you have that courage? I was like, it didn't, I, I don't know. It wasn't courage. I just couldn't help myself. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good way of putting it. Because I, I so feel the same way. I just, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, I do this because I can't help myself. Right. It's just the plants they call you. Right. Exactly. So I, just as a side note, um, the first time I was in college was 1981. And I was there because my dad wanted me to be there. Mm-hmm. And I, the way I solved it was I got a 0.5 grade average. <laughs> And at the end of that semester, when my parents spent, I don't know, back then it was 2,500 bucks or something to send me to school, my dad got it. It's like, all right, fine. <laughs> you don't have to go to school. It's like, yay. But then I went back in 1999 and I got my match, my bachelor's and, and my master's. And, but that was my solution to the cultural parental pressure to go to college. Oh, I know. It's so strong. I, when I remember just... My dad got me this really good job, 1980-something, making $14 an hour. And wow. instead, I didn't take it. And I went, spent the whole summer doing wild foraging in the Sierra. <laughs> and they, he didn't talk to me for like six months. Yep. Oh, you know, I could have had a pension. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And lost your heart along the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was he worked for the uh, Pacific Bell Telephone Company and he uh-huh. got me in when I was like 22 and I walked right out. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you following your heart. What is what does that look like over the years? Yeah, well, I just I, I, I found every herb teacher I could find for at least 10 years and mm-hmm. just spent time studying and apprenticing, growing my own herbs, making my own medicine 
And then finally got my clinical herbal training from the Southwest School of Botanical Medicine and just started working with people, people and plants, my whole, my entire adult life. It's just, yeah, I, I just somehow was called to do this and I absolutely love it. And I love just helping people reconnect and remember their relationship with plants and it doesn't take much. You know, people love plants. It's, um, and if, if you just help, we don't have that in our language so much. You know, we don't have, we don't, write poetry about plants or sing songs but it's there it's in our hearts yeah and i love awakening that so how have you done that over the years yeah well i started my own school uh living awareness institute uh about 21 years ago wow yeah i just graduated my 20 i have a year-long apprenticeship i just graduated my 21st year of students oh my gosh i just got i I just got chills oh Wow. How cool is that? Congratulations. Thank you. And so, you know, it, it's just meeting the plants, growing the plants, harving, harvesting them, making delicious, yummy food for your family. Uh-huh. But what's so amazing about doing it for this for for this long is that I'm what I what I really love is seeing the children of my students. Oh yes. Have, some of the children of my students, they're they're they've implemented wellness programs in their in their schools and they're teaching their children. And my mission of just really you know evolving our culture forward so that we raise up health literate children that know how to take care of the earth while they're using the plants to take care of themselves. It's, it's happening. I see it happening with this generation that's coming yeah. in now. So I, I love that. It sounds to me like you've been in this as, for a long time. I was going to say as long as me. I don't know how long you've been in. I've been doing this <laughs> since the 70s. And it's been quite often an uphill battle, you know, mm-hmm. an uphill trek. Let me put, rather than using the battle word, let's use an uphill trek to get people interested. What have you seen over the past three or four years? Oh, it's happening. Things are happening. There's there's been a spark, and there's no no going back. I mean, you know, and I mean, especially like I'm sure you see it in your special community. I mean, you've created amazing resources, right? Yeah. The seed school, the online seed school, meet your microbes. I mean, five years ago, people didn't even know what the biome was, right? Right. Exactly. And now they can come to your website, meet your microbes, and you can learn it. It's right there yeah. in a simple, simple way. So the accessibility. And, you know, we weren't raised, we weren't raised with the plant and earth wisdom. And we, there is a cultural revival of restoring the, the, those relationships. Yeah. I mean, the reason we're here is because we learned how to work with the plants to feed ourselves and take care of ourselves. And so I, I love what's ha- what you're doing and what, what, what's available on your site. Well, thank you. Um, and just this whole helping people connect with the plants and bring their gardens and really reestablish that relationship with the earth and with the plants. It's happening. It's happening. Absolutely. So culinary herbs, I don't know that people realize, but they're also medicinal in nature. Yeah. So this is Tell what us I about love. That. <laughs> so I wrote a whole book on this. It's called the herbal kitchen. Oh, wow. And, All right. Cool. Um, the herbal kitchen, you know, I have been teaching herbal medicine for a long time and but I really want to bring it to just everybody to make it simple, easy, safe, and fun. Uh-huh. And so, you know, as an educator, I know you're a big educator. And, yep. and 
I'm always studying how people, how we learn and what's the best way to learn. And if you start where people are at and what, with what they already have a context, what they already have a relationship with, mm-hmm. we, we retain more. So let's just start with what we've got. Everybody listening has a spice rack, even if it's only black pepper and cinnamon. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And you, you know, or maybe a lot of people have a whole back 40, right? You open it up. It's like, whoa, what's happening in there? Right. (laughs) But that spice rack, all of those herbs and spices, whether they be the green leafy stuff, you know, the rosemary or the sage or the dense spices like the the cloves or the chai, the cloves or the um, cardamom, Mm -hmm. they're all highly medicinal plants. And so this whole, you know, the urban farm, it's also your urban pharmacy. Oh, yes. And Absolutely. so that urban farm that we're all about, it is also your pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And it's we have so many things in our kitchen already that we think are for flavor. We, you know, when you ask people like, well, why do you have spices in your kitchen? They say, oh, well, for flavor, you know, the barbecue or whatever. But <clears throat> they're there to help you digest your food. And they're there because they're they're medicinal and we put them in our food to help us with digestion. So they're very powerful healing plants. Well, I know that cinnamon, you mentioned cinnamon. I know that cinnamon's great for balancing blood sugar, right? Yeah, cinnamon has hundreds of uses. And what I like to do is I like to help people instead of getting really like, what's the dosage and how do you prepare the herbal medicine? I like to put it into the context of getting herbal medicine into every meal. So the thing about, see what I'm saying? Herbal medicine at every meal. We're, we're, We're like three pills of three times a day culture. We've got to get away from that. And you can, all of those herbs and spices in your kitchen cabinet, Uh they are something called carminative. And that's C-A-R-M-I-N-A-T-I-V-E. And carminative herbs and spices, what they do is they help you digest your food. Oh, wow. Cool. So you've got this amazing garden, right? Yeah. But it's like you are what you eat. That's why we grow all that food. It's so good for us. However, you are what you digest. Mm. And if you're not digesting well, which Americans don't digest well, we have disrupted gastrointestinal tracts. We have trouble there. Um, then you don't. Then all that homegrown food, it's like you know, you're not getting what you're supposed to out of it. Right. And so these herbs and spices, when you add little bits to your meals, they are helper herbs. And actually, my main premise around our kitchen herbs and spices is that your herbs and spices are actually the bridge to good nutrition. Oh, and that makes, from what I know from a science perspective, that makes perfect sense. It, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, yeah, so they're carminative. These, you know, whether you're, you're cinnamon on your oatmeal. Yep. You think about, think about like the holidays. You're eating all the, you know, we're eating all that food. We're drinking eggnog. I mean, what's in eggnog? Cinnamon and nutmeg. You wouldn't yep. want to drink, you wouldn't want to drink that without the cinnamon and nutmeg. It's the cinnamon and the nutmeg that, that helps you it. digest the fat. Oh, yes. Otherwise, if you don't put all those herbs and spices in all that heavy, dense food, then it takes a lot of energy to digest Mm. it. And then Mm -hmm. you have to do it yourself instead of getting the help from the herbs. Wow. And so all those herbs and spices that, you know, the herbs and, you know, your, your sage and rosemary, 
and your cloves, they give you the gift of energy because what they do is they pick up some of the burden that it takes to digest your food. Digesting your food takes a lot of energy. Yeah, it does. It's, you know, that's why people have nap attacks after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Didn't that happen yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, and it's also part of the reason why junk food is so bad. It's not just that it's bad, but they flavor it with chemicals and not herbs and spices. And right. so you're not getting any help. And it just takes, it really drains, it just uses up your daily, your the allotment of energy you have for the day. Right. So you talk about the garden and the spice rack being of central importance to the economy and health of a household. Can you speak more to that? Absolutely. I love talking about that. One of the reasons why I love talking about it is because you don't have to go to the store. You know, to, you've already got your spice rack. So the thing is, is that culture is created in the home. Mm -hmm. And what we, you know, colds and flus are expensive. <laughs> Getting oh sick my gosh, isn't that the case? <laughs> Getting sick is expensive, especially, you know, you're a parent and first one kid goes down, then another one, and then you take care of everything. And the next thing you know, what happens? The next thing you know, you go down. And then three weeks later, you just go, oh, my God, what, what happened? <laughs> and so it takes a lot. And what you what we can what the spice rack does is once we really learn how to use it and how to get those those herbs and spices into our everyday meal is that it we can use it to prevent illness to prevent mm, sickness. We can use right. that apothecary in our cabinet to prevent things from happening. And that is, as far as economics, it's just, it's very profound. And it's, um, it's something that you, when you do that, when you add the herbs and spices to your food and you mm -hmm. know, because not only are they all carminative and help you digest your food, but all of those herbs and spices, they're all highly antibacterial. So oh, yeah. rosemary, you know, right. sage, oregano, cinnamon, cardamom, clove, dill, those herbs are antibacterial mm. and they help fight off the bacteria, the pathogenic bacteria that can make you sick. Wow. And what's it worth? I mean, how much does it cost to prevent one cold? I mean, and then what if that cold, I mean, maybe you don't, it doesn't hang on with you, but what if you have an elder in your house oh, right. and that's, and that's the cold that hangs on for three months for them. Yeah. You know, so preventing cold and then eventually what it does is it prevents the use of antibiotics. And so I have a 12 year old son and he has never been on antibiotics. Oh, nice. And the environmental impact, not the environmental, but the economic impact of that is it's, it's huge. Oh Yeah. You know, it's that's that's something that lasts. That's a, a level of health that lasts you throughout your life because taking medications and antibiotics it breaks down your health, your long-term yeah. health. So it's it's very powerful. Plus, it tastes good. <laughs> I know. What would life be without basil? Oh, no kidding. <laughs> it wouldn't be worth living. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I love basil. I always have, well, in the wintertime, not so much, but other than that, I always have basil in the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love, I know we're lots of basil right now. So just recently I harvested coriander seed and mm -hmm. fennel seed out of our front yard. My, my sweetie Heidi and I sat on the front porch and we harvested the dried, you know, the dried seed stalks from both of those and sorted the seeds and winnowed them out. And now I have, you know, nice. a cup of each of them. 
Nice. Besides them tasting good, tell me about those two. Oh, fennel and coriander are amazing. So first of all, both of them do the both things that we've been talking about. They are both amazing carminatives. So uh -huh. any way you get them into your food, they're going to increase your ability to absorb and assimilate the nutrition of whatever food they go on. So right. that right there is so awesome. And then the other thing, they're both antibacterial. So they're going to mm. help keep the colds away. But the other thing, actually, that both of those things do, they are both, they're digestive aids, but they help to settle an upset stomach. So you can actually put both of those seeds together. Uh-huh into two cups of water and make a tea and you have one of the best belly well teas wow <laughs> tell me about that yeah so they're both not only do they both do the carminative and have the antibacterial action that we've been talking about that all the spices in your cabinet have but especially fennel is one of the best herbs for the stomach it um Again, not only helps you digest your food, but it settles an upset stomach. So for situations like, you know, you, you went to that potluck and it was just like, okay, <laughs> I ate. Or, you you know, you had that feasting meal yeah. or you just ate something that's just not right. Or many people, what they do is um, a lot of people have upset that go to their stomach when they're nervous or when they don't feel good or when they're stressed or anxious about something. Many people get kind of a queasy or upset oh, stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Fennel is specific for that, fennel tea. So the, the moment you start to feel something like that, like, oh, my belly's not right, you can make that tea. My, my son and I and my husband, we actually went to a restaurant the other night. Uh-huh. And we came home and we all were kind of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> all three it? of us did not, we all felt a little like, okay, something is starting and I just pulled out that fennel and I made that fennel tea and we all drank fennel tea and then it didn't progress and we all felt fine within an hour. So wow. you again, the economy of that, if you can catch it, what does that mean if we would have all been <laughs> throwing up and right, exactly. for a day, right? What's yeah. that worth? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and right out of my garden, that's the cool part. You know, Heidi and I sat on the front porch and we harvested a cup each of these things and I can go make a belly well tincture tea out of it and yay cool yeah so also your love is in there oh, right yeah. your love you made this with your heart yeah. your hands your garden it's so much deeper and and that relationship that you have with that tea i mean i think that's a lot of what we're looking for that's a lot of what we're missing in our life now is that connection yeah oh big time Big time, big time. So let's talk about your book some more. I, uh, we, we barely touched on it. Tell us about the Herbal Kitchen. Okay, gladly. Yeah, the Herbal Kitchen, it's, um, it's uh, 50 easy to find herbs and over 250 recipes. I'm a recipe queen. Oh, nice. Um, to help bring lasting health to your family. And again, it's it, what I do is in this book, you don't have to learn about anything new. You can just open up your spice cabinet and learn more about why you're using what you're already using. And so I go through the whole book and I talk, I, t I teach you how to make herbal teas and herbal mm -hmm. waters and um, how to get herbs into your pesto and really how to go beyond salt and pepper on your kitchen table. <laughs> You know, everybody's got salt and pepper. What we're going to do is just re really learn a lot more about the uses of, of herbs and spices that you already know and love yeah. and help develop a deeper connection with them. Nice. What's your favorite one? 
Oh gosh. I know. Hard question. It depends on the time of year, right? Oh, there you go. Uh huh. I mean, really, we've talked about basil, but it is basil season right now. So I'm drinking basil. I'm making pesto. I'm putting it. I had um, basil in my eggs this morning. Ooh, nice. But but for me, the fennel harvest is a little bit later. I love fennel too, and um, I think it it just really depends on what's happening in the garden. You know, you the garden provides you with. Um, ideas and things that you couldn't come up with even on your best day, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. So when it comes to herbs, I've been growing food for a long time, but I'm really a beginner at the herb part. Where where do I get started at? Right. Well, I bet you have some herb volunteers in your garden already. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what you can do is you can start with the herbs that chose you. Uh-huh. They just showed up, right? So oh, for yeah. people, like sometimes it's purslane, sometimes it's borage, sometimes it's um, oregano. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're really just starting, you can start with the super easy ones to grow, and the two easiest herbs, medicinal culinary herbs that I know are oregano and garlic chives. Right? You can just totally start there. And then the other thing that I'm really big on is look around, like find the elders in your neighborhood, the mentors, the people that um, have plants that have adapted to your area, right? That have the stories. I mean, we're talking permaculture. Let's choose the easiest path of resistance, right? Let's find the people (laughs) in our neighborhood that have already been doing it for 30 years like you. Right. (laughs) There are some old timers in your neighborhood. I can guarantee you that have some of the herbal wisdom and go hang out with them, eat a meal with them, spend time with them, get a cutting from their plants. That for me is, that's the culture and that's that's such a good place to start instead of just looking online or in a book or whatever. Yeah. Find somebody that can mentor you a little bit and see, see find out what the old timers are eating, find out which um, uh, herbs they're growing. That's a great place to start. I, you know, the for me, the first premise of permaculture is observation. You really mm-hmm. got to go out and watch. And I tell the story often of how, you know, I've lived here at the urban farm for 27 years and in the desert for mm. almost 50. Wow. And recently I was walking the neighborhood observing and I learned some things that I had never seen before. Oh, Just yeah. walking in my neighborhood that I could then bring to the house here and uh, integrate. So I always encourage people to look around your neighborhood, see what's there and what's already working. That's right. That's the place to start. Who's already there? Why? I mean, we weren't. If we weren't raised with it, it's it's still there. It's not like the plants have stopped. They're just waiting for us, and we just gotta kind of open our eyes a little bit and see what's already there, including the cultural heritage, the human inheritance of yeah. working with the herbs and spices. It's still it's there. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned in your book that growing up, your family was not food, herb, or body literate. You know, I know you touched on that in the intro. Tell us more about that. Well, I don't know. Did you get that class in in junior high? You know, how to take care of your body? (laughs) You know, we have these amazing bodies. My gosh, they're very intricate. There's a lot to do to take care of them. And I mean, in my household, the weather was much more important or... Oh, yeah getting your driver's license or getting good grades. There wasn't one single place where I got the message like, hey, maybe you should listen to your body. (laughs) And so this whole mission that I have of really helping to evolve the culture forward Uh to one that honors the earth, we have to also honor our bodies and Mm. each other. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, like you said, listening, observation, we have to 
learning to observe and listen to our body, it's a lifetime process for me. And that's why I'm so big on getting the kids engaged early on because right. it just become second nature to them. So uh -huh. just listening, like you said, listening to your neighborhood, it's, yeah, listening to your body, paying attention to the signs and the symptoms. And it's the same thing, listening, you know, that, that, that square one kind of thing. Right, exactly. And it's all related because, so here's a really big piece of learning to work with your herbs and spices. So the thing is that, that using them preventively is so much easier than waiting until you're sick to use them. They oh, work so much better yes. preventively. And so in order to use them preventively, you have to see it coming. You have to develop the body literacy to see your pre-sickness symptoms. Yep. And when you can see that, you know, little pre-sickness symptom for some people, it's fatigue, you know, whatever that is, that's when you start using that, that the herbs and spices right away. Right. Right. You don't wait until the morning. <laughs> or, or, or better yet, start using them now because guess what? They taste good. Right. Just put, why not have them in your meal every day? What I say is a carminative for every meal. Oh, nice. Right. Get your, get yeah. it into your, get it into your food preventively every day. And so that's, that's really the magic of, of working with herbs and spices, using them preventively. And so you don't even know what you avoid it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't ever have to experience it. How good is that? I don't want to know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So what what projects are you currently working on? Oh, my current project, it's kind of a big one. Um, Yay, <laughs> love big ones. That works. I'm putting my 25 years of working with people and plants online so I can reach more people and have a bigger impact. Nice. Uh, to, to really, you know, we have, we currently have a, the statistics with our children, right? We've got epidemic chronic disease going on, mm -hmm. epidemic diabetes, the Surgeon General is saying that this generation, with the current statistic of, of, of their, the rate at which they're being diagnosed with um, chronic disease, that if that continues, they're not going to live as long as their parents. I mean, there's some crazy statistics involving our children right now. I know. And so I want to reach more moms, more families, more dads, so that we can just reawaken our home wellness strategies, our home mm. wellness um, mm -hmm. toolkit, what we do in the home, the, the wisdom and the literacy of health that happens in the home. Right. And so my course, Herbal Kitchen Remedy Solutions, is online, and I do exactly that. What it does is it really trains families and gets them on the fast track of being able to use their common kitchen herbs and spices to prevent illness and take care of their everyday, everyday wellness needs. So, yeah, Herbal Kitchen Remedy Solutions, it's, um, it's, it, it's up and um, it's a great course. Nice, 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 nice. And you have a free giveaway for us today. I do. I'm so excited to be sharing this with you. So one of, you know, really people grow sage and a lot of times it's for, you know, to put with that turkey or whatever. Yep. Or potatoes. <laughs> potatoes, eggs. I mean, it's so delicious for flavor, but sage is a very powerful um, medicinal plant. And so I've, um, I have a download sage infusion recipes and basically it's, teaches you how to make a, a strong sage tea uh -huh. and then be able to use it for five different home ailments. Oh, wow. From allergies to sore throat mm -hmm. 
to cuts and scrapes. I teach you how to make a compress with it. I teach you how to make a gargle with it. And so it's just, it's the five different ways to use this really common herb that most people don't think about. Wow. And it here pretty much in Phoenix, it kind of grows wild. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the sage, um, I'm talking about a salvia officinalis. Uh-huh. You know, there's like, I think there's like 700 different kinds of salvias. Of course. <laughs> of course. So we got to make sure that we have the right one. So salvia officinalis. And yeah, it's an amazing, easy to grow apothecary herb. Awesome. So if you go to urbanfarm.org backslash cami, that's K-A-M-I, that's the podcast page, but you'll also be able to get a link for the a free download for the sage infused recipes. How cool is that? Yeah, good. Good job. So this whole literacy that you talk about um, and not growing up in a literate family and what are you doing with your family? What are you teaching your family about that? Right. Well, it's the next generation is uh, my oh. son. My son just went on a, uh, an overnight trip or actually five overnights on a backpacking trip. Wow. And, He's 12, and I'm still kind of in his business a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, he's 12. And uh, I said, hey, Gabriel, let, let's just go through your backpack, okay? He, you know, let's just check, make sure you have everything. He's like, oh, okay, Mom. <laughs> so we go through his backpack. Guess what's in there? He had like three herbal remedies that he was taking with him. No way. I am not kidding you. I, I, my, 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 I was just like swelling with pride when I saw that. He didn't tell me. But he had some stuff in there that he was just, so he is taking care of himself. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about is, um, yeah. if, you know, what drives me is, you know, how do we do this if it wasn't instilled in us when we were young? Right. I mean, how, how do I help my child think with seven generations in mind mm -hmm. if I wasn't raised that way? And that's the driving question behind my work and my curriculum for the past 25 years is, is um, how do we do this? How do we raise our children so that not just it's not just about what kind of earth do we leave for them, but what kind of caretakers are they going to be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I say your work is not done done with your son, but your work is done. <laughs> wow. That Thank is an you. amazing, oh amazing you. story. That I welled, it, it, I, I welled up with pride oh, oh. when I heard that. It's like, wow, good job. <laughs> yeah, and it spreads. I mean, it, you know, when you do this, when you activate this in your own home uh -huh. it spreads it's yeah. not just for you you know these little things that you do for your family mm -hmm. it spreads your neighbors and your his friends are yeah. like they're they notice and they say hey well what what can i do yeah and so it's for your whole community right. that we do this just yeah. like you know when you grow your vegetables it's like one of the most beautiful things is to give it away right oh, yeah. the generosity yep absolutely hey my sweetie heidi makes up a uh uh, CSA box. It's not really, a, we don't run a CSA here, but it's a, you know, a box of vegetables from our yard and takes it to one of her yoga clients. She's a yoga teacher every week. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a the yoga client doesn't pay for it. We just give it to them. Right. So that's, yay. that's what I love. Yeah. That's one of the best for me, the garden. I love that. Yeah. I love the generosity the nourishment, the, the, the giveaway that happens. Yeah. That, that's and really the abundance. Yeah. It goes really deep for me. I, I remember growing up and my dad just 
you know, trading our, our vegetables for other things and mm-hmm. giving it, taking a box down to the senior center yep. and just always giving it away. It's just, I, I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it. <laughs> Let's see. Which one should I pick? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, of course, you know, that's how we learn, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the, the one, the failure that I comes to mind is when I was a young, when I was young, I took a prescription medication that actually ended up ended up having a very severe side effect. Yep. And I just didn't know. I did not know. Right. But it was a recovery period. I ended up having to have surgery from the side effect. Wow. And it it was it had a big impact on me. It had it, I mean, I think it was a defining moment in my life mm-hmm. because it was after that time that I started noticing that all of my elders were on medications. Right. And I started reading since I had become a side effect. I just I started reading the side effect paper, you know that 26 time folded paper that's in with all the medications. I started oh, reading. Oh, yes, exactly. Things. Yep. <laughs> and I just realized that we can't go on like this and and I asked, you know, I just asked a question to myself, is there another way? Isn't isn't there another way? And I just really realized that whether it's over the counter or prescription, that medications have other effects. And if we need medications, we're you know it's not it's not a bad thing. But I just really became committed to that we, that we need to know about it. We need to make educated decisions when we take um, medications. And yes. I didn't want other people to go through what I had gone through. Yeah. So I learned to just open my eyes and read the twenty-six folded yes. paper. Yeah. And not just take for granted that what when somebody tells you to do something or say something that you do it, yeah. that you that you question it and that you research it and and you really know what you're doing. Take responsibility for your take, basically for your health here. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what do you consider your biggest success? Oh, gosh. Uh, being a mom. Yeah, OK, good. <laughs> Navigating motherhood is oh, by yeah. far the most difficult thing or the most, I don't know, difficult, cha- you know, challenges upon challenges. And, you know, I, I think that as a culture, we don't have enough support for moms. And right. so, yeah, navigating motherhood is I put that right up there at the top. <laughs> well, and it culminated the other night in the backpack story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was a good one. That yeah. was a good one. So what drives you? Yeah, what drives me I, um, is I think this question of that I'm really inspired by the knowledge of or this concept of living with the next center seven generations in mind. Mm-hmm. We're at the brink of so many things right now, right? With our food, our health, oh, yeah. with the planet. We could just get really low in talking about all that. But how do we overcome that? How do we live with next seven generations in mind? Mm-hmm. And that drives me, that question, because I... I remember being exposed to that concept in my early 20s and just thinking how in the heck do i do that yeah and how do we do that how do we get to that place that that question drives me mm-hmm. nice 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 so i'm all about education and i have to know is there one book that has been influential for you in this process in your life oh gosh that's another boy you asked some hard questions i know <laughs> 
Um, okay, so there is a book that has been incredibly influential in the last few years, and that book is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. K-I-M-M-E-R-E-R. -E -E it is called Braiding Sweetgrass. Braiding? Actually, is that, hold on, braiding like B-R-A-I? Yeah, like braiding your hair. Oh. You braid sweetgrass. And I had the really good fortune to meet her at um, the Bioneers conference that I was speaking at last year. And she, her, Braiding Sweetgrass is an incredible book. I highly recommend it. But she, what she does is she talks about in her traditional culture, uh -huh. her um, traditional First Nations net language, that plants are not called it or they. That plants are given first person like he or she, not as in male or female. We just don't have a better translation. Right. So not he or she as male or female, but putting the the plants as he or she by uh, as on the same level as personhood. Wow. So the plant is not an it; it's a she, and it's on the same level. When it's it, you are above it. And when you, you call he or she, you're on the same level. Yep. It's about a living language that allows you to be in relationship instead of um, control over the plants. Yeah. And uh, having that relationship reflected in our language is it's just a game changer. Total game oh, changer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we start interacting differently then in the space. Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So the name of the book is called Braiding Sweetgrass. And the author again? It's Robin and then Wall, W-A-L-L, Kimmerer, K-I-M-M as in Mary, E-R-E-R, Robin Wall Kimmerer. Fantastic. So what one final piece of advice you have for our listeners? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, as gardeners and plant lovers, I think there's, I mean, there's so much, it's just a oh, huge yeah. world out there. And I've, I've, I've run into so many people that think that they should be taking this or they should be growing this or they should do that. And I would just say to let yourself fall in love. <laughs> oh, that's and, a great piece of advice. And just follow your heart and just own that you've been smitten by the plants. Mm-hmm. And that what you're doing, you are in relationship with the living, breathing mantle of Mother Earth. Yeah. And to just let yourself be inspired, like the beauty, let, let your decisions be inspired by beauty, and what you love and, and what feeds your culture, uh -huh. right? It's, it's like, what do you, for me, I love um, the festival life that the garden brings. You know, when the first strawberries come, it's a party. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely it right? is. And, yeah. and then we don't eat them for the rest of the year. We don't buy store-bought stra chemical strawberries. We eat them and we party <laughs> with yeah. them for that couple months. And yep. so what 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 herbs or foods do you want to grow that, that you want to make festivals with, that you want to celebrate when, when, they, the, when it's time to harvest them? Yeah. Well, for me, it's pretty much anything that I'm harvesting. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just, there, there's nothing better than anything that I harvest out of my yard and eat for me. That is so, so true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Cami. It has been a treat getting to chat with you. Greg, I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for your work in the world. And thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. So... How can our listeners get a hold of you? 
Yeah, livingawareness.com is a great place or okay. also herbalkitchenremedysolutions.com. Perfect. Plus, we'll have the free download of the sage-infused recipes at urbanfarm.org backslash cami. We'll also have a link there for your upcoming course that's happening soon. Yeah, great. It'd be great to have you. Perfect. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Decades ago, I started growing food in my front and backyard, and I realized that my mission in life is to inspire and empower others to grow their own nutrient-dense, healthy, organic food. Because of this, a lot of people have come to me with their gardening questions over the years, and that got me thinking, what if we put together a community that would help budding gardeners blossom? So I finally made the idea a reality with my Urban Farm U member program. Each month, your membership includes three live online events, a monthly class, a chit-chat with an expert, and a monthly coaching session, plus access to the experts on our member page and a significant discount on our signature courses. I'm deeply committed to transforming our global food system, and I do this by empowering you to grow your own food. The Urban Farm Membership Program is a simple way to get going. Please join me in transforming your food system today. To learn more, go to urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. That's urbanfarmmembership.org or text membership to 33444. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.